0: It's time to discover the leader in you. Hey, hey, good people. It's Dr. J. I am so glad to be connected with you all again today. Welcome to season five, episode three of Discover the Leader in You. And it's a little unorthodox today because you know what? We have Dr. Barbara Rouse. She's going to be rejoining us. Our show had so many comments, so much interaction from the last one that I invited Dr. Bob back to the show, and this is rare, you guys know I don't typically do this, but the quality of the segment was so on point that you know I decided to have him back, and our topic was why leadership is no longer business as usual, and this is part two. But before we get into that, and before I tell you a little bit about Dr. Bob, who's just, I mean, he's simply uh, fascinating and amazing all by himself, all the things that he's doing, with Energy Driven Leader Incorporated is just amazing. But just wanna remind all of you, I sent out a lot of uh, tweets, I sent out a video. If you're not following me on Twitter or Facebook, uh, you need to do that, because you get a lot of updates there. But if you wanna call in or tweet your questions, always feel free, you can tweet them to me at Jason Carthen, or you can tweet them directly to Dr. Bob at Dr. Bob Rausch on Twitter. And then you can also call us live in the studio at 1-888- 281110. So definitely want to connect with you on that level. Also just want to send a shout out to just all the people that uh, wished me a happy birthday. My birthday just passed. So I just thank you for that. And also want to pause here for a second because Thanksgiving is going to be coming up next week. And I won't get a chance to interact with you before that happens. But I just want to wish you a blessed and fruitful and just a, a wonderful Thanksgiving next week. It's just so important that we remember the things that really are foundational in our lives and being able to give thanks and be intentional with that and love on people. That's my heart. I know that's Dr. Bob's heart, too. So we're going to talk about that. Also, I want to remind all of you, I had a uh, webinar it's a free masterclass that I I give how to get booked and paid to speak life. And it really goes into the process that I've used to really earn over I I won't go into all the (laughs) numbers, but seven figures speaking and training and coaching. And I want to be able to give that away for free. So if you want to get registered for that, please do so. I want you to just text, you can text me at uh, 444-999, I speak life, no spaces. If you text me that, then we'll automatically get you registered for this free masterclass that I have. And the comments that I have on that, have just been great. Just all the concrete things that I give, the worksheets, all that stuff. So I'd love for you to be a part of it and stay connected with me in that way. I'm all about advancing others. I mean, I know what my calling is in life and and I know it's to serve and help people to reach their goals and I'm very intentional with that. And I just want you to stay connected with me and as much as I can, I'll give these free sessions and make sure you're able to move forward and do the things that you want to do. So many of us travel through life and we're not sure of our purpose. And I want to make sure you can get on board and know what yours is. Now, without further ado, I want to tell you just a little bit about Dr. Bob before we dive back in. Dr. Bob is founder and president of energy driven leader incorporated. He is a gifted conceptual thinker. He combines his PhD in clinical psychology with 30 years of experience. Now, I'm just gonna press the pause button because some people are not, they're not able to maintain anything for 10, 15 years, but 30 years, you know, he's been working with corporate executives and entrepreneurs in US, Canada, and Europe. He delivers a very unique experience with his clients and he understands, you know, that it's so important to make sure you are leading well and doing all the things that you need to do in order to be successful. He has authored four books, and numerous articles on leadership. He was twice nominated author of the year in Georgia and received the Reader's Favorite Award by the Fabricators and Manufacturers Association International. Some of his clients include U.S. Steel, PGA Tours, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, and the Universities of Toronto and York. Dr. Bob and his wife, Ginger, live in Dallas, Texas. They have five sons, seven grandsons, and their little dog, Francesca. Hey, Bob, how you doing today, sir? Hey, Dr. J, I'm doing well, how about yourself? Oh, I'm good, man. I am just grateful to have you back on.
1: Dr. J?
0: Yeah, can you hear me? Uh Uh-oh, can you hear me? Dr. Bob? Dr. J. Yeah, can you hear me? All right, so this is interesting. We got Bob on the line, (laughs) and he can't hear us, but I can hear him. Let's see. And I
1: can I I can hear you now. So
0: oh, you can hear me sorry. now.
1: Yep. Sorry about that. I'm doing great, and and happy belated birthday to you.
0: Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that, man. I, I tell you, it's uh it's always good to be able to make sure you can fellowship with people and all the well wishes that I've received. I'm just grateful for that. So. Oh,
1: I bet. I bet you are. I, and thank you so much for for your kind words about uh, about what we've been doing. I. I think you and I have kindred spirits, brother. I can tell you, you. know, I know your heart is to see people develop and grow. And, and, um, I love the, just the fact that you mentioned purpose, uh, just a few minutes ago. And, and, uh, that, that's, that's my desire, you know, to, to see people understand their purpose. And, uh, gosh, so many, so many leaders. That I've talked to, and, I, and I, I can tell you, six out of the last, or five out of the last seven leaders I've talked to, who wanted, who wanted me, wanted to hire me for my services, have you know they start talking about their their business and they tell me some of the objectives that they want to um, to accomplish, and then they'll stop, and and it, it, and I promise, stopped in mid a sentence and said, you know what I really want. I wanna know what my purpose in my life is. And so I, I love the fact that you that you're big on purpose and and uh you know, you want to see people discover what their purpose is in life so so that they do have a destiny.
0: Yes. Yes, yes. And see, this is I, I have to tell you, you are so correct, man. We do have kindred spirits. I mean, I think we may be separated by miles and miles, but man, we think a lot alike. And some of the things that You continue to share, you know, relative to purpose, because as I go into these, these multinational companies, these billion dollar companies, Dr. Bob, they Mm -hmm. have these people in positions of leadership and they're great people. I mean, just, you know, you encourage them, you you love on them, but many of them will say I'm missing something. I'm not really sure what it is. And then I say, well... You know, at the end of the day, let's look over the trajectory of your life. Do you feel like you're operating in a thing that energizes you, that makes you excited, that you roll out of bed and you're, you're focused to achieve? And they look at me like I'm crazy, Bob. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I they're like I uh, no, I got to work. I got a mortgage. I got kids going to college, all these things. But then I tell them, OK, well, what are you doing for you? And it resonates with me when you share about the ideas of purpose and I want to unpack just the process map that you put together last time uh, for our listening audience because many of the people I get these comments uh, on my page and then I also get personal uh, texts or tweets or direct messages and people will just go okay well can we spend some more time what you guys were talking about and one of the big things dealt with the idea that when you said you have to define your purpose, because if you don't define it, then you'll have a purpose by default. And that wrecked a lot of people, <laughs> Dr. Bob. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you can just kind of share with our listening audience, you unpack the idea of being able to go to uh, five or six of your uh, closest friends and really get feedback from them and and gain a better understanding of what they've seen over the years rather than just this default purpose. Do you mind sort of sharing with us a little bit more oh, about that process?
1: No, sir. I'd love to. I would really love to because it was a big issue in my life. I was I was actually operating by default, and, and it was like whatever happened in a day, that became my purpose. And so, my life was driving me instead of me driving my life mm. and and I got pretty miserable. i've had a tremendous early on in my in my business when i in my practice, I had a lot of anxiety, worried about what people thought of me, wanted to be a people pleaser uh, tried uh I wanted to prove myself, and I would get on a a uh, a stage I know you you've talked to people about this i'd get on a stage to do a presentation and when i got finished i was so highly critical of myself mm. and um did i do good did i make the you know did i really make the points that uh, that i really needed to make and so when i began work on working on this i i actually um i looked at several different um disciplines i looked at uh, uh, spiritual disciplines and, and particularly the Bible, because I'm a Christian, I wanted to know uh, is there some defining principles in in the scripture for you know for uh for purpose can we find it find it there other other than the fact that I need to be a good person or whatever so, right. so then i uh, I talked to physicists, I talked to doctors I talked to psychologists and psych- I talked to a lot of different people and and I kind of boiled it down and really my people my clients helped me do this that the first thing we need to do there's five steps in um, in I think in the growth in the personal growth of a leader the first one is uh, is to define that purpose or that meaning in life you know why do I do what I do, and this is the way i I truly believe, and I know people can find that, is they do a i call it a a a scan, do a a, a scan of your of your uh, your spirit, if you will. Um, what is and I call it a spiritual purpose, and and let me tell you why I do that i don't I'm not saying religious purpose when I say that. I'm saying that every person has within them a human spirit. Uh we we all you know, we talk about the like the New England Patriots having team spirit and yes. and individuals have they have high spirits. And so everybody has this spirit and oftentimes we don't really pay much attention to that, but that's where the source of our energy comes from, and that's also the source of our purpose. So, I suggest people do this almost this this mental, emotional, spiritual body scan. Mm. And what they're you know what they're really doing is they're asking questions like, um, "Am I charting my own course, or am I just going through the flow?" And and um, and, uh, and and how am I doing that? Uh, but really what a person has to come up with is they have to come up with, who am I in terms of my characteristics? Am I caring? And am I, am I loving? And I suggested people go back to as early as they can remember in their life and begin to make a list. I call it a grocery list of those particular characteristics. For example, I have always loved helping people. I'm not a jealous person. I've always loved seeing people win Uh, in whatever sport, whatever they were doing. I love to see people win. And I also love to see people try hard even if they lost. Mm. So to begin to, to go back into your life and say, gee, I've always been this way. And then to go back to the people, which is what you mentioned earlier, The people that you are closest to, who know you the best, and ask the question: Can you tell me the strength that I have in my life? Can you tell me the strength that you see in my life, and make a a long list of what those strengths are um, from four, five, six people?
0: Nice, very nice. that's the first step. Dr. Bob, we're going to take a quick break, but I think you have allowed us to segue into this break and really give people just some food for thought. When we come back, we're going to unpack this even further, but we're on with Dr. Bob Rao. She is the president and CEO of Energy Driven Leader Incorporated, works with Fortune 500 companies, and really is making a difference with the hearts of leaders. And you guys all know that's what I'm all about here on Discover the Leader And You. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. (laughs) all right welcome back everybody it's dr j on discovered leader in you and just want to say that today's show is already off to a great start this is uh season five episode three we are talking to Dr. Bob Rausch, and this is actually part two of why leadership is no longer business as usual. Now, Dr. Bob, before we segue to break, you were sharing with us really the five steps to finding your growth edge as a right. leader. Okay, so you were yeah. sharing the, those pieces there. Go ahead and continue because this is this is good stuff, especially the whole grocery list of things uh, <laughs> yeah. from yeah, your so, people. So-
1: yeah. So the first thing would be to, to look back over my life and, and to really define those consistent behaviors that I've done that, just, that I loved doing, whether it was with other people, um, just characteristics. The other thing is to send out a, an email or a message uh, to, uh, to people who are closest to you, know you the best, and just ask them, over the years, what strengths have you seen in my life? So that you get that big long grocery list of eight, ten, fifteen, twenty things that they, you know, you were honest, you were the communicator, and on and on and on. Then the second step, the and actually it's step, you know, step two. Right. But the the second step here is decide what you want your life to say. Uh so many people get lost in business, you know, I'm a CEO. Well, big deal. I mean, you know, there are a lot of them around. Uh <laughs> or I'm a or I'm a COO, but what do you want your life to say when you when you actually um when you actually it, it end get to the end of it. I remember a priest who worked with uh uh AIDS patients in San Francisco and someone asked him what is the what are the questions that the that people ask before they pass away? He worked in hospice. And the priest said they have two questions. Did I love enough and was I loved enough? Mm. Did I love people enough? And was I you know was I loved enough? And I thought that was so powerful. So what do you want your life to say? You know, and if you don't if you don't know what that is, you can you can say well, what is my passion? What do I want people to say my passion was uh, toward the end of my life? What's my, my destiny, so to speak? Yes. And what do I really love? So that you get your grocery list. You, the second thing is you decide what you want your life to say. For example, what I want my life to say is that I wanted to make a difference in the lives of people by discovering their potential and helping them maximize their energy everywhere I go. That's my. That's what I want my life to say. And then the third thing is that. Well, well, first, if you don't know where to start, you know, again, you can um, you, you can really you can ask uh, people in your life what they've done to to come to that kind of a conclusion. You know, ask people who are successful. Go to the Jason Carthens and say. Jason, what? How did you get to the place where you you knew what you were doing was what you were supposed to be doing, your purpose in life? Um, so that you know that would be another way. to The third thing would be to start um, uh, to start identifying the the instinctive talents that you have. Now, the way people do that uh, is, for example, I have a talent for communication. I have a talent for encouraging people. And and then you take that whole list of things that people said were your strengths. You take what you believe your passion to be and you then you take those characteristics of your um of of those talents or that gift that you have. I believe we all have been given a gift. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and mine is to connect with people very quickly. And, and the desire to see them grow. So we take those and we start putting pieces together. So if you have 25 strengths, then start making a sentence out of those 25 strengths. I helped a lady do that the other day, a uh, lady up in the Northeast. And she had, I think, 30 strengths. And we put together the words that she was given. And she came up with a really powerful uh, uh purpose statement. I have the confidence and to listen and the confidence in myself and the ability to listen to people in order to help them gain the goals that they want to accomplish in life. It was something like that. And so that would be the identifying the talent and then putting those 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 characteristics together and develop that purpose statement. Now here's the deal Dr. J. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to get it right the first time. In other words, you're not going to come up with your life purpose in one fell swoop. Uh, at, at sitting down and saying, "Okay, this is it," because I promise you know and I know that as we grow, that purpose is going to shift. Not a great deal, right? But it's going to shift. We're going to understand ourselves better, mm-hmm. and we're going to understand, you know, what uh, why we're on the planet. Now heard of. Dr. Bob, don't
0: lose that thought. We're going to come back to it. One of the things that I need to ask you though, now <clears throat> because you've put this stuff out here and I'm in total <laughs> agreement with you because when I go through with my coaching clients, we talk about this and people get anxious. They start chomping at the bit and they'll say, "Well, isn't this going to pigeonhole me?" Okay? If you say this is what I'm supposed to do, I come up with the 24 strengths and then I create the narrative and the sentence and then is that going to limit me? I mean, I get that a lot, even from the stage. You know, when I'm speaking and I open up for questions at the end, people will go, "Well, what is this? What is this purpose thing supposed to look like? Am I just supposed to have one purpose? So, how would you answer that?" And then I have a follow up question I have for you too, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, the way the way I would answer that is I say absolutely not. What it does is it expands your ability to not only touch the lives of uh, the people in general, but it expands your ability. Let's say a CEO develops my purpose. Let's say they say their purpose is to make a difference in the lives of people by discovering their potential and maximizing their energy. Hmm. Then when that CEO goes to work, he has certain response, or she has certain responsibilities they have to do. But what the purpose does is it drives their energy to help accomplish the objectives that the CEO has to uh, fulfill. In other words, if, if a CEO comes to work and he says, or she says, "Well, oh, my, my job is just to make money for the company. And you know, people come and people go, well, that's a purpose. That's a negative purpose, but it's a purpose. Right. What does it do to the corporation? What does it do to the people? So, the not having a purpose or having a negative purpose actually minimizes the energy and minimizes the strength of that leader. Having purpose, when it's a positive purpose, maximizes their impact on their people and their love for their people and their heart for their people and, and, and truly maximizes their their energy, so they're using literally using using less energy because they have that purpose than they would if they didn't have didn't have a purpose. No, a negative. Go sorry, ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No,
0: finish your thought. Finish your thought.
1: Yeah, a negative purpose will always reduce the energy of an organization and it's profitability always.
0: Yeah. And it actually impacts the culture <laughs> as well, because you have people that are not self-actualized. You look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and all this stuff. They are, they're looking at it like, okay, I'm going here every day, but you know, what? I, I don't feel it. it. This is not the thing for me. And they're, they're not able to, to really operate, you know, in their purpose because they don't feel fulfilled. And, and a lot of that Comes from the leader. A lot of that permeates the culture. Would you agree? Or? Oh
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and the difficulty that I see, you're absolutely right. The difficulty that I see there, is that the per the 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 leader becomes egotistical and self centered. Yes. It's I got to show you that I'm going to be successful. Well, if, when a person develops their purpose, and the purpose is expansive in terms of really developing the lives of people in their company it is expanding their uh, it's, it's, it's less ego and it's more compassion for people in the organization now that doesn't mean they they're weak right it doesn't mean that they're you know that they're they they can't be strong and disciplined all that mm-hmm. what it means is is they're going to use their energy more effectively and because they want their people to grow I I, 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 have, I have another little segment here, little little section I want to say. And that is that I have a company I work with, a steel company. And every annual meeting, the CEO would get up, and the first thing that he would say is, I'm an organ grinder, and you guys are a bunch of
0: monkeys. Oh. And, <laughs> yeah.
1: Listen, brother, he killed the energy. He was so egotistical, and I guarantee you, He, the only purpose that he had was to operate either by negative things or by default.
0: Oh, okay. Dr. Bob, what we're going to do, we're going to have to pick this back up on the other side of the break. But I tell you what, man, you just dropped a bombshell right there because at the end of the day, that's transactional leadership. It's dictatorial and it does not cultivate the hearts of followers. But Everybody stay tuned, we're gonna be right back. We're gonna take a very quick break, but I, I want us to continue down this path of why leadership is no longer business as usual. Part two, because our reality is that we're trying to give you nuggets that you can use on a daily basis. That's the whole purpose of Discover the Leader in You. Okay, so stay tuned, we'll be right back. We're back, everybody, and they're just showing out in the control room. Love these (laughs) these segues in and out. But, hey, we are talking about why leadership is no longer business as usual with Dr. Bob Roush. He is the president and CEO of Energy Driven Leader. And before we went to break, we were actually kind of weaving a tapestry, you know, of how a leader needs to (laughs) develop, but then also he shared just just a powerful story of how the energy can be taken out of the organization and culture can really take a, a downward trend based upon how the the leader's energy is as he leads others. Now, Doctor Bob, the example you gave, calling everybody basically you know monkeys, uh, that was not a good right. thing. But I think at the end of the day, do you, and this is, this is kind of off the beaten path with questions, but at the end of the day, doesn't that speak to the leader's own home of origin issues or experiences that they may have had?
1: Oh, man, absolutely, Jason, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the thing that I found with, with leaders who get into that narcissistic or egotistical behavior... Is that there there are three things that I found that really um, form our behavior. One is the influencers that we've had, the people who who took us under their wing and and they could be positive or negative. The other is the um uh, the the experiences in life, those significant life experiences. And then the third is the father factor. The, uh, uh, you know, we've talked before about the idea that that uh, a leader was is impacted by his father. And it's not to say that mom doesn't do some wonderful things, but uh, a, a, one quick example, I uh, you know, that I just think is just absolutely wonderful. Um, Jim Abbott was uh, a New York Yankee in uh, and in 1993, Jim Abbott uh, pitched a no hitter. Uh, mm-hmm. for the Yankees, and it was only the 276 uh, no-hitter since the, the baseball began in 1875. The thing about Jim Abbott was that he didn't have a right hand. Oh. He, he he was a left-handed pitcher, and his father told him, this always gives me cold chills, brother, it really does, his father told him when he was a little kid, he said, what's taken away once is given back twice. Oh wow. And boy that resonated resonated with me. And uh, you know a dad can make a huge difference in the purpose how a how a leader develops their purpose. Pl- that's the family of origin thing. And now I found that most leaders, not all of them, but most leaders who get to be CEOs are first children. Um they, there's this tendency for first children to take a lot of responsibility um, for for many reasons, and they they want to they want to please people, and uh, and they also uh, they want to they, they want to perform. They really want to perform. And if if a leader's not careful, what happens is they allow the stress of the organization to so impact. Those three behaviors, that the performance now becomes. Um, I need to prove myself. Now the and purpose shifts completely when when these behaviors shift. I mean, because a person who wants to perform, and you know, from not only from the work you do now, but work in, you know, professional football league, that your spirit, the spirit that you had growing up, and going into football was a thing that kind of, it, it also had a huge energy impact on your emotions and a huge impact on your mind, ment- the way you thought mentally and physically. A person with spirit, a positive spirit will have positive purpose, will have tremendous energy and they'll also have positive energy positive, uh, uh, intellect and also positive physical thing. And so, so yeah, that comes from the family of origin. Now I did not come from a healthy family of origin, but God blessed me to be around people who really helped me understand, uh, understand that, uh, that, that, that I had to have a purpose because I wasn't given one as a child. I wasn't helped my, my dad, God bless him, didn't help me understand how important that was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what happens with a leader is a leader has to do self-evaluation. They have to do uh, self-development. And, you know, you know, and I know coaching is not remedial. I mean, in other words, you didn't walk on a football field. I know you had to do drills and all that, but you had a talent. as a linebacker, and you had a spirit for that. And so whoever coached you wasn't just giving you a remedial lesson. They were giving you uh, the encouragement to use your your purpose and your talents and your skills to the best of your ability. And and see, I think that what happens with leaders when they don't have that purpose, they begin to develop a, a negative culture now will they make money? Yes, I had a guy tell me one time. He said, "Listen, I worked for a lousy boss. He was a horrible CEO, but we made a lot of money. Right. A lot of money." Yep. And I asked him, I asked him, I said, "Well, what was the turnover like?" I said, "Oh, man, the turnover was horrible. I mean, people left like, you know, left and right because of the way this guy was." And so you 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 are correct. I mean, The culture is more than just the money we make. It's a culmination of that leader's own self-awareness and self-growth, and that really does come from that family of origin uh, and and the energy that people develop as they develop their purpose in life.
0: You know, Dr. Bob, I I think the interesting thing, excuse me, the reason why this show resonates with so many people and we talk about why leadership is no longer business as usual is because we see the common narrative that either people are showing up at work, they're not fulfilled or they're just they're biding their time (laughs) until they can transition and do something different or they're just right. in a in a place, and this is not just anecdotal, this is research that I've conducted, and, and I see what happens through surveys, blind surveys, where people are just like, you know, I'm existing here. And, and I think the rallying cry and what I'm trying to share, and I, and I think that you would be a proponent of, is that we can't keep doing it this way. I mean, we have so many people that are followers, and they're being damaged, uh, they're going to work, and. <laughs> They they're getting their checks. Yes, they get their checks. That's fine. But right, right. you know, is that it? Is that the sum total? And I think going back to your five steps to really understanding that growth of a leader, we really have to stick a pin in this thing and say, "Okay, you know, how are we going to do things differently going forward?" So, you know, when you have your coaching and your training practice and I have mine, you know, it's like how can we stem the tide, you know? And it sounds like you're doing that sort of thing and even with your five steps uh, it's almost mm-hmm. like we have to get this out in front of more people so more people can have some hope at work <laughs> and and understand oh, it's going to be better
1: yes sir i mean the hope is dismal i mean it is really really dismal and and it's uh, people get into a, a real rut and um and and i and and then the physical the Physical repercussions, the yes. the high blood pressure, all the things that happen. But but you know it it is it's amazing to me that we don't really see that how I treat people will make a difference in the results I get. Right. Uh, you know, and I, I and my one of my questions to leaders is this: Are you satisfied with your with your revenue? You know, I don't care what it is. Are you satisfied with it? Well, of course not. I want more revenue. Well, how are you treating your people? Well, they'll tell me. And, and I'll say, if, do you believe treating your people the way you just described? Let's say that was in a, some negative characteristics. You know, I drive them, I push them, I yada, yada, whatever. Um, do you believe that driving them the way you're driving them is going to create more revenue? Or do you believe it's going to decrease revenue because you're draining the energy you're telling them to operate 100% and you're draining the energy and how can they do that? Mm. That it, it doesn't work that way. You don't you don't get in your car and start in in Ohio and say I'm going to drive to Dallas on one tank of gas. Wow. I mean, there's not enough energy there and I think the the real the real job of a leader is to find the ways to increase the energy in companies with the surveys you've done, but in the this di- this dismal business of engagement, how many many people in companies are not engaged any longer?
0: Right, right, and you know, and Dr- it's because their leaders aren't. Yeah, and Dr. Bob, not only are they not engaged, I think we'll find even even some of the CEOs they answer to somebody. Dr. Bob, you got shareholders, you got other people in in the organization, yeah. especially if it's a publicly traded company, but. You know, I think that the one point you made, and I know we gotta transition to break, but the one point that you made about the the idea that if you loved on people, I'm putting it in my terms, but if you loved on people, then they're gonna perform better. Every bit of emotional intelligence research says that, servant leadership research says that. But I think we get into, especially some of the organizations that I've gone into, we get into this idea that, well, I'm not going to treat them like that. They're going to think I'm soft or they can get over on us and all this. And it's like, no, no, (laughs) you're missing the whole point. So let's pick this back up when we come back from break. Everybody, you are listening to Discover the Leader in You with Dr. Bob and Dr. Jason. And we're just sharing some nuggets here today. Make sure you stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Discover the Leader in You with Dr. Jason Carth and the leadership linebacker. I'm excited today because this has been part two, and we have been talking about why leadership is no longer business as usual. And before we transition to break, we're really talking about, at the end of the day, not only is it not about the profits of the organization, it's about the responsibility you know, that the leader has to their followers. and. I think there's a misnomer that if I treat my followers well, then they may not perform. And you know what? That's the old scientific (laughs) thought about leadership (laughs) and Frederick Taylor and X, Y, all this other stuff. Let's not deal with that. Let's realize that people represent lives and stories. and, And as followers and as leaders, we have a responsibility to take care of our people and Dr. Bob, you were sharing just some what I like to call value bombs and really tweeting out some things here. So make sure you go on your Twitter feed and, you know, look at those things that people are saying uh, and retweet. But, Dr. Bob, before we go any further, I want to do two things. I want one for you to share how people can get in contact with you. And then I want you to bring us home in this last segment, because I think we got through one step of the five and i want you to kind of put a bow on that so people can you know take notes and we'll be able to respond back to the questions that they may have so how can people get in contact with you dr bob uh,
1: the uh, the three ways would be of course to call me i love uh love having phone calls 469 387 6655 469 387 6655 or my email address uh Dr. Bob, D R B O B at energydrivenleader.com, and then of course my website, which is uh, www.energydrivenleader.com. Those are the three ways.
0: Excellent, excellent. Hey everybody, make sure you reach out to Dr. Bob. I mean, he he actually does what he says, and that's you know sometimes that's hard to find these days. I mean, you see a lot of stuff out there, but. Dr. Bob is really nurturing the hearts and minds of those individuals that he coaches and trains, and, you know, hey, that's what we all want. We want to grow and develop. Now, Dr. Bob, I think we got through one step of the five. If you had to (laughs) tie a bow, that's how it is when we come together, man. Isn't that great? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So, But you know what? If you could just tie a bow around this, take us through the other four. You can't unpack all of them, but if you give us that – the 30,000-foot look at it. Maybe that would be good.
1: Yeah, the, 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 the first one, of course, is purpose. The second one is knowledge. Now, that's not, that's not necessarily knowledge from books, although that's helpful, or workshops, that's helpful. I've, I've looked through your information. Great stuff. People really uh, obviously are taking advantage and need to take advantage of it. Thank you. Um, I have some material out. But that, but I'm talking about what the Greeks called epi knowledge, experiential knowledge. Mm-hmm. In other words, if the first step is purpose, the second step is that experiential knowledge. What am I learning from what I'm doing and the way I'm doing it? Because we know knowledge comes is knowledge is more powerful when we experience the experience. I. I am, I have never been a linebacker but I got to tell you if I was on a field and because I'm not a big guy and <laughs> and I was playing linebacker I would learn a whole lot more from being on that field than I would
0: from reading a book about being a linebacker. And real so fast too Dr. Bob, real fast. Real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet so. I bet so. So experiential
1: knowledge and and then the the next one is to, um, is to have a sense of um, perseve- well, perseverance. In other words, I've, when, I've, when I learn what I learn, I've got to stay with it. I've got to keep learning it. In other words, I've got to keep practicing it. If I know that loving on people is the way to motivate them, I need to find better ways to do that, but I need to be a perseverer. I need to do that every single day, whether I'm in the grocery store or whether I'm running a company or whatever. That's the third step. Nice. The fourth step is self-control. And self-control has to do with uh, with our emotions. Um, I have a, I have actually, uh, I'll send this to you, but I have 12, uh, 12 steps that people can take to um you know, to be a better leader, and one of them is to um, to separate problems from conflicts. Mm. you know don't don't let your problems be a conflict. A, a, a problem is to be solved. a conflict is who's right and who's wrong. so don't let your emotions get involved in the decisions you have to make. you know, just make the decisions. so that idea of self-control. Is just huge. And then the last one Well, Doctor Bob, to- before
0: you do the last one, now you now you you said a lot right there. So you separate your problems from conflict and you gave us a nice, you know, overview of how we deal with solving the problem. But what about that conflict? How are you gonna deal with folks when they just acting up?
1: When people are acting up, if somebody comes up to me, in fact, I had a lady come up to me and say something about a pre- part of a presentation I did. And she was very, she was really critical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my response to her was, thank you. And she looked at me and I was still looking at her and she looked like, uh, what? <laughs> and, and so she, she started all over again. And And when she finished, I said, thank you. Because conflict is only who's right and who's wrong. If I'm trying to solve a she didn't ask me a question. And Jason, I am big on the fact that if people don't ask me a question, I don't give them an answer.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Why, why would I, why would I want to set argue with this lady and create a conflict? Because she disagreed. You disagreed. I'm thanking you for the fact that you had enough guts to come up here and tell me. And, and, you know, if there's nothing else, then, you know, we're done. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs>
0: it. And, and, but you know what, Dr. Bob, you do it in a way, like the way you just described. I mean, that's, that's classic. You know, when I teach my conflict classes, it's like, hey, you know what? You need two people in order for a conflict to continue to fester. And if you just that's say, right. okay, I'm a love on you. And sometimes even when it's EGR, extra grace is required, I'm still going to love on you and keep it moving. And that's the, Actually, that's the best thing to do.
1: <laughs> that is and that's a great that's a great explanation for it uh Jason it really is because I guarantee you, off across, across these United States come Monday morning there're going to be thousands millions of people in courts and all they're doing is the, in conflict that's they right. want to prove who's right and who's wrong and it generally serves no one That's right. And the last one the last step is everything that you learn through all of those first four steps, you need to thank the because I believe that we need to believe in somebody bigger than ourselves. I mean, there's somebody in my life that's bigger than Bob Roush. I guarantee you.
0: And Go ahead me, and say it, Doctor Bob. Go ahead and say yeah, it. You need it, to thank it, Jesus. <laughs>
1: I, I, I do. I thank Jesus every day for what He's placed in my
0: life, and you know, and I thank him for the good
1: and the bad. And the bottom line is that when when the, that that Fifth step is I get up every morning and thank God for the things that he's given me and in those other four steps. And then the next part B of that is I'm going to go give it to somebody else.
0: Mm. Now, what does that look like? What does that look like when you give it to somebody else?
1: Oh, I stop by and I go to the convenience store, go to Starbucks and get a cup of coffee. And I say, you know what? I just really believe you're going to have a great day today. Nice. Or I say to that person, you know, you really, you were quick on this one, and really, you know, I really appreciate, you know, every time I come in here, you have a smile on your face, whatever. Or if I'm at work, and and one of my staff does something, uh, you know, they're all doing things exceptional anyway. But but what I tell I'm, I always tell them, thank you for what you do and how you do it. You know, yes. I could have never done this without you. Yes. So it's giving. It's giving praise, but also helping them understand that they're fulfilling their purpose with me. Right. That they're also being, they're persevering in the work that they do with me, and um, so it gets to be a crossroads at that point, where uh, at, at step five, where I'm thanking Jesus for what He's done, nice. and I'm also thanking others for what they do.
0: All right, Doctor Bob, we are out of time, man. And I just want to let you know this has been a phenomenal show. And now I see why we had to have a part two. Doctor Bob, thank you for being on, man. I appreciate your heart. Thank
1: you, Jason. Love you, man. And I, I really appreciate the, you know, the second go around. I, I wish you and your family a wonderful Thanksgiving, and and we'll stay in touch.
0: Absolutely, brother. I'll call you this week, and I love you too, man. Hey, everybody, stay connected with me. Take care now. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to JasonCarthenRadio.com. Be sure to join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you. If you would like to be a sponsor for Discover the Leader in You, call Scott Souza at 1-440-552-2995. That's 1-440-552-2995.